0: I hated that me finding my life meant you losing yours for a while. Yeah, your whole course was drastically altered. Steve, I'm okay with it because uh, she's not my wife. <laughs> I'm glad you worked out that. in your benefit. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Steve.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband and Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be open, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband in Law Podcast. Let's get this party started.
2: Welcome to this week's episode of the Husband in Law Podcast. This week, we have something a little bit different for you. We had the opportunity to record live at the Treefort Festival here in Boise, Idaho. And Tree Four, if you do not know, is a huge music festival here in Boise. It takes place over like five or six days. And it was so cool to be able to be a part of that. And one of the things that I really took from this experience is that I want to be able to connect with you in person. Oh my goodness. It is so great to be able to see faces in the audience as we are recording and to be able to connect with you personally on a one on one level. So we are really hoping to be able to do that again soon. So stay tuned because sometime in the near future, we are going to have a live podcasting event with a giant party because it is on my heart and that is what I want to do. So we are going to make it happen. (laughs) I hope that we will be able to see you there. And I hope that you enjoy this week's episode of the Husband in Law podcast. Enjoy. I think we are going to get this party started. <laughs> Thanks for being here but, with us this morning. Just Matt,
0: so. can you do your introduction? Uh no.
1: Uh Please? I am too tired. But uh <laughs> we know no, we're starting just don't when, remember, when Jessica turns on her podcast voice.
2: <laughs> do I really have a podcast yes, voice? Yes, you do. Oh. I thought Matt just had a podcast. You start
1: voice. Cl- you start
0: speaking very, very clear. Oh, there, there you, you go. go. Usually it starts with, I did it, guys. I pushed the button.
2: <laughs> Today I don't have to push the button. We know we're recording. <laughs> yeah, that Somebody guy over
0: there pushed the button. <laughs> Thank you for pushing the button, guy. <laughs> yeah, because this recording we're doing from Podfort at TreeFort Festival. So we have a live studio audience with us. Woo!
2: Clap track, <laughs> laugh
0: track. <laughs> we should have brought signs. Yeah, <laughs> Fortnite.
2: Fortnite. Matt keeps calling it Fortnite.
0: <laughs> it's not. Not the same thing, Matt. Must have a teenage boy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Also exciting is that all three of us have comfy chairs for this recording. Not just me, yeah. like usual. Usually when we record, there's a table, two chairs, just like basic office chairs for these two, you know, because they're basic. Basic. But I pull up the comfy ottoman chair with Queen the throne. throne.
2: Now what do you call him? What Matt, what do you call Steve? What do you mean? The diva.
1: The yeah. diva. Really? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I call Steve a lot of things. What, what are you referring to?
2: <laughs> Not just your husband-in-law.
1: No. no.
2: Okay. So just by way of introduction, I'm Jessica. This is my husband Matt. We've been married for almost 10 years now. This is my ex-husband, Steve. We've been divorced for 11 and a half years now, and uh, they're (laughs) husband-in-laws.
1: Yes. Yeah. Can you tell which one of us is gay?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we don't want to pull that card. (laughs) (laughs) And we are here to share our stories of love, marriage, divorce coming out.
0: Of a closet that needed to be come out. Okay, for real, (laughs) say it, Matt. Say the introduction. I'm sure you can get it close,
1: at least. I'm not even going to attempt. Welcome to the (laughs) Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is Matt. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, divorce, coming out of a closet that needed to be come out. I don't even know how I say it. (laughs) Coming out of a closet that needed to be be opened. Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) And so much more. Yeah, stories of relationships, really. Yeah, Yeah,
2: that's what we share. So, what have you guys been up to this week?
1: All the tree fort things. All tree fort for Steve. Spring break, but it doesn't
0: feel like spring break.
2: No, there's too oh,
0: much yeah, snow we got to be snowed spring break. On. We
2: we're just talking about it's that.
0: Unacceptable, really.
2: It really is. And Matt, you were pickle-balling, pickleballing for 14 hours yesterday. Yesterday,
1: pickleball all day. <laughs> <laughs> 8:30 a.m. start time, 10:30 end time.
2: Do you know how many games you played?
1: Ooh. Let me do the math. I played uh, roughly 16 games.
2: Yeah. It's a lot of pickleball.
0: So we thought we went hard yesterday, Jalen. We thought that we had a long (laughs) day in Tree 4
1: but Matt beat us. And this was in Idaho Falls. So I left 1030 Idaho Falls and got home 3.50 a.m. All for the sake of pickleball. (laughs) I love it.
2: (laughs) And yesterday, I did nothing. I did a puzzle. I did a puzzle for my birthday.
1: She could have come and watched me play pickleball.
2: (laughs) No, I couldn't have. (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, there you go. There's the catch-up for the week. Nothing real exciting. Well, exciting for you guys. It's
0: been exciting for us. I laid yeah. low, which was good. Just what I needed. Penny joined us for TreeFort yesterday, her n- her little friend.
2: Steve's dream's coming true.
0: Yes. Have
2: Penny come to- I've
0: always wanted her to come to TreeFort with me. I've dragged her along like 10 different times, and she's always just- it's not her not her thing usually i'm not sure I, it was still her thing i love how either, you but. started
1: her her uh, introduction to tree fort with a male and another male eating their faces off
0: <laughs> which was
1: her description of
0: yeah that pop-up <laughs> drag show that
2: <laughs> two guys making out also
0: i think she missed the point because it It was like, uh, we're queer and we're here kind of a statement. It was not a man and a man. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, but she's 13. Yeah. (laughs) So, concerts are just getting exciting. Tree Ford is just feeling fun, but she's probably not grasping the whole whole thing.
1: No. (laughs) Slowly.
2: Slowly. Kind of. Okay, so today, I was going to say all right. All right, guys, which means it's time to officially start. We are going to be going back to some of our beginnings and telling the beginning of our story in the brief version of where Steve and I started out. People always ask me when I get on a podcast, they're like, okay, so tell us about yourself. And I'm like, okay, when people ask me that, they want me to start with when I met Steve. <laughs>
1: how, how long have we been Before doing that this? that was boring. How long have we been doing this podcast now?
2: Almost four years. Whew. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. June. It'll be four years. Four years. Uh, I'm curious, those that are in the audience, did you know anything about this podcast before you came in? Those of you who don't. Okay, well, I, cool. We don't know personally. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well,
1: we're starting from scratch here. We're going to start at the beginning, <laughs> just so you
2: can know who we are.
1: Now, I prefaced that the question of, okay, we're at f- almost four years of recording this podcast. And basically, we try and record every single week, and every single week is an episode. And so there's close to what? How many episodes? Almost 200.
2: Almost. We're getting close. Almost mm-hmm.
1: 200 episodes of us telling our story chronologically. And it's taken us four years. So we're not going to tell our whole story right now. But y'all have
0: four years to spare. <laughs>
1: it's <laughs> going <laughs> to be 400 very, hours to spare. Very abbreviated of because we've been doing this for almost four years. And, and we've be, been able to structure how we say exactly what we do now. Condense and, down. Yeah, condense down and and truly let people know this is who we are and this is what we're trying to do. I firmly believe that in this world, we all want to make a contribution to this world in a good way. The majority of people want to make this world better. And that's truly why we're doing this. We're sharing this is to make this world a better place. So and I, <laughs> I'm getting emotional about it because <laughs> the last four years we've done that. Like we're, we're, we're being better. The world just
0: knows so many divorce stories that are awful and horrible and, you know, broken families and ours is not that way so much. And so we want people to see and hear the good, the good divorce stories as well.
1: Yeah. We don't want any more broken families. Like that's not what it is. Like when you get divorced, it's not a broken family. It's a, this is. It's a new family. It's a new New dynamic. It's a new family and hopefully a better family.
2: Can I just touch on the fact that I don't know how many times throughout this four years that I have seen you get choked up in recording. Usually it's Steve and I.
0: Yeah. Matt has feelings. Matt
2: has so many feelings.
0: Breakthrough. <laughs> Breakthrough.
2: <laughs> and our daughter is texting us from home. She just woke up. Can oh, I please have time on my phone? <laughs> Sorry, kiddo. <laughs> so what we really do with this is we want to have you think about your life and relationships in a new way. Steve and I were married for seven years. And when we first met, we met in college and uh, we were at a choir concert. I was sitting there by myself and I was about ready to leave. I had to be there. I was required to be there for my, my major. And I was like, dude, I am not feeling this tonight. I am out. And as I'm sitting there, I see this row of girls walk in and they block the aisle so I can't get out. And they're walking in. They file in and sit in the row in front of me. And then there's no room. For This one tall, good looking guy at the end to sit down next to them, and he was with them. So he sat down. How good looking was he? He was was pretty good looking. (laughs)
0: He's
2: (laughs) better
1: looking now. (laughs) He is. He's awesome.
2: (laughs) The more and more you found yourself, Steve, the better looking you've gotten. Um, And so he.
0: I'm glad I'm not the only one who thinks that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So he sits down next to me, and I was like, all right. This concert just got better. I can sit through this. And we chatted off and on throughout the concert. And at the end of it, he got my number. And I was like, sweet. This guy just asked for my number. This night worked out great. And the next day, he called me and asked me out. And we went out the next night.
0: Little did you know what you were in for for the next 20 years.
2: (laughs) No idea what I had gotten myself into. You're still in it, by the way. We're still in it. We are still in it. And we were together every day after that. Anytime we could be together, we were. Mm-hmm. Isn't that how you felt? Like, just yeah. it was just a good connection for us.
1: Who's the instigator?
2: Steve instigated. Unlike yours and mine, relationship wow. where I went after you very hard.
1: That's why I had to ask.
2: <laughs> Steve instigated, and we instantly. Like, fell for each other. There was a deep connection.
0: I was into you. You were, like, the only girl that had ever done it for me.
2: Yeah. And that's <laughs> one of the questions I was actually thinking to ask. I was like, you have not been into any other girl. You dated other girls. Yeah. But you didn't even want to kiss the other girls.
0: I enjoyed kissing them. I just didn't want to make out with them. I just mm. didn't understand that. Like, my brother would talk about making out with girls, and I just... What's the difference? Um. <laughs> ask Penny.
2: Ask Penny? <laughs>
0: What she saw yesterday, someone eating the other person's face. That as was she a described it. That's making out. Yeah, <laughs>
2: okay. there you go. <laughs> Kissing doesn't quite feel like that, maybe. Not the type of emotion. What was my first that? kiss with you? My Our first kiss? Yeah. That was a full on make
1: out. Uh, hey, maybe that's why I'm struggling.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you never just kissed me. You just yeah, I, I had me.
0: kissed high school girlfriends, but just like <laughs> a kiss. Not. I just felt no desire to do more than that. So,
2: so even like a question on that beginning... Was that for you telling at all of where you would be later on? Did you feel like... I mean, like- I
0: knew. I knew I was gay. It was just total denial. It was... I don't... I thought I was just a super good kid and didn't want to do bad things like make out with a girl because <laughs> we were told we weren't we weren't yeah. supposed to do that until we were in a serious relationship down the road. Like, growing up Mormon, I very thought that conservative was something Christian. taboo. So,
2: so you just thought you were being good?
0: Yeah. <laughs> At, <laughs> At least that's so how chased. I justified it.
2: I <laughs> so we met in February. We ended up getting married in December. Very yeah. quick.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I people always talk about It's pretty
1: slow in Mormon standards, by the way.
2: It's <laughs> <is> actually true. <laughs> <laughs> At least normal. People, people always talk about like the first year of marriage being the hardest. And I always felt like our first of year of marriage, Steve, was just easy for the most part.
0: Things we, just kind of clicked.
2: Yeah. There were no we big well arguments. We just blended
0: we also were both just like so young and inexperienced in life that we were kind of figuring out who we were together together like we didn't already have our set ways and our set routines and know exactly who we are and what we wanted like
2: mm-hmm.
0: i think that made it a little easier too
2: for sure that is one of the advantages of getting married at a young age i think yeah but also maybe not the only reason to do it <laughs> Um, but as we continued forward, I I say this that we had this you know this really easy first year of marriage. But in that, at some point, I found all of this porn on our computer that was just men, and I was like, oh man, I think my husband's gay. So six months into our marriage, I have this realization of holy crap, I I'm pretty sure this man I just married is gay. And I came to you at that point later that day and was like, hey Steve,
1: yes yeah, Steve, what did you think?
2: Are you gay?
0: I remember being asked that question and just like spiraling just. And of course, I said, no, no, I'm not gay. I'm Mm -hmm. no, I can't be gay. (laughs) But I knew I was. Obviously, I knew what I was into. Obviously, I knew what i had been looking at. I've known for years, but I was just absolutely in denial because I
1: just wasn't an option in my life, in my family, in my culture. Steve, if you could say if you could rate from zero percent to 100 percent that you knew you were gay when she asked you that. What would you say? Was she brought up to you? Probably 50, honestly. So 50-50, you thought, at that time in your life, mm-hmm. when your wife, your new wife, found gay porn on your shared computer. Denial. At 50-50. At
0: best, 50-50. I just didn't want to be gay. It was not an option. It just, I was married to Jessica. I hated that I felt the way I did. Yeah. But I couldn't do anything about it, other than just pretend I didn't. And tell myself that, no, that's not real. It's not actually how you feel. It's not actually what you're into. But
2: At what point in our marriage do you think you stopped pretending that you weren't gay?
0: Well, over the next couple of weeks, I think it was like three weeks of me just like. Spiraling. Yeah, just like totally in like a little coma in life. Just lost in my head of like, what does this mean? Of course I'm gay. What do I do with this information? How do I handle this? And how do I change it? How do I stop it? None of the stuff that is supposed to have worked has yet. But yes. uh, how long ago was this from today? I love doing this because they never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was six months into our marriage. So it would have been the beginning of 2005. Yeah. You do the math. Matt. Long time 18 ago. 18 years. Yeah. Yeah. 18 years. That's crazy. Eventually, we like had a conversation about it where I admitted, or I don't know, I think that it was took like
2: two years later
0: where I actually said the words that
2: you could actually say the words to me, I am gay. And at that point, I was like, I know, <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs> I, I never, knew
2: from that point on that you were gay.
0: I'd never been with a man. I didn't want to be with a man. Mm-hmm. I didn't intend to be ever.
1: So every time, like, I hear you guys talking about this, like, it always, like. I don't necessarily think the word triggered like it it just the thought comes into my head because Jessica, you talk so confidently about this and it you you laugh about it. Yeah. Now, Mm -hmm. but that is not I don't think that that truly is the feelings that you were feeling during this time period is like laughing when you say two years later, ha ha ha, you were you came to the terms that you were gay.
2: Yeah, you could finally say those words to me. Yeah. And I think that's something that I try to point out is at this point, we are, I mean, we are 11 years past divorce. We've worked through it. (laughs) We have worked through a lot. And so I remind people because I coach women on a daily basis who are experiencing this exact thing or people who are experiencing some sort of crisis in their relationship. And I remind them, listen, I am 11 years out. In the thick of this, there were moments of, well, lots of moments of sobbing in my bedroom and crying myself to sleep or having really difficult conversations with Steve of what do we really want moving forward cell
1: phones against the wall that wasn't about this
2: but I did throw a cell phone against the wall but it wasn't in regards to this but there were moments of that like there was still do not tick
0: her off guys (laughs) and if you do hide your phones
2: (laughs) it was my own phone at least it was just my phone (laughs) (laughs) Um, Probably a flip phone. It was a flip phone. (laughs) And so like whatever you feel in that moment of whatever's going on in your life, those are real and you get to process those and feel through those. And I never want to negate that experience. But also I want people to realize that you can get to the point where you can talk about it and laugh about crazy things that happened and also still feel, I mean, we'll record about this sometimes. And more often than not, there are tears that still come up because we remember How intense those emotions are, which is part of why we're here today and why we do this work is to allow people the hope of like, okay, I can get through this. Someday I will be able to be okay. And that was your drive to start even recording this podcast. Mm -hmm.
0: And well, you're bringing up a good point that like this was traumatic for both of us. Traumatic. Very traumatic. And it's not anymore. We got through it. It doesn't hold the power over us that it used to. And
1: Are there certain aspects that are still traumatic?
0: I mean, you know what have been over the last three and a half years, and there's been lots of them, things that have been very triggering for me to talk about and things that, you know.
2: Not necessarily but, between us. Oh. Do you yeah. think?
0: I don't know. What do you mean by that?
2: Like, do you have trauma still from our divorce or us separating?
0: hmm No, I have new trauma for you now. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Not really. But.
2: And there are things in navigating even parenthood, though, that could be... I guess, residual trauma of just our daughter now processing being in two homes. And even though it is a good situation, there's still things that come up with that of, you know, she's 13 and she has to figure out where she wants to be and and how she feels about different things and showing up for that. There's There's things that come with that, but I don't know that there's new trauma. I mean, you're still navigating some of the things I think of coming out in a very conservative Christian religion mm-hmm. and a family that is still very deep in that religion.
0: Yeah. Is that- and I think we mentioned it, but didn't officially say it. But I grew up Mormon. So did Jessica. And well, all three of us did. And you just can't be gay in the Mormon church. You just, it's not what they teach. It's not what they accept. And, uh, so that obviously played a big role in, in all of this. And as a young man, you're taught that even if you have feelings like that, you choose to marry a woman and to make a family and suppress, suppress, suppress. Yeah. suppress. Mm-hmm.
2: Which isn't healthy for anybody.
0: Yeah. With hopes of being able to correct it. Yeah. Stop it. Correct your issue. Correct yourself, yeah. yeah. For, break yourself.
2: It's interesting because yeah. you and I do view this differently. Like I never viewed it as something that you were going to correct or change. And you were very much determined through the seven years we were married that you were going to be able to change it. That you were going to be able to be straight and make it better. And you just needed to be a better person. You needed to do more of the things that the church taught.
1: Yeah. Which of you were the more straight-edge Mormon?
2: That's always funny because Steve always (laughs) thought that he was more of the straight-edge Mormon. And I always felt like I was more of the straight-edge Mormon.
0: I was a self-righteous little... That's what I was
2: going to (laughs) say. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I thought I was a good boy and like... More righteous than everyone.
2: He used to call me out in like, well, you didn't watch this and you weren't committed to general conference. conference. You're Um, not full in all weekend watching eight hours of conference. How
1: many notes
0: did you have on that session? Yeah, (laughs)
2: Like it was how much
0: personal revelation (laughs) did you even receive?
2: Like, but seriously, like those were types of things that you kind of threw on me. And I just in my head was thinking, you have no idea. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and you were right. I didn't. And I I very much like I viewed like the surface level actions as you know, you're taught to do this and this and this and this and this. And if you're doing those things, you're on the right track and you're
2: stamped. And stamped. So if you're doable.
0: not doing those things, then you know, if you checkbox choose both. not to go to church on Sunday because whatever reason or you minus fifteen points. you watch TV on Sunday Minus 10. Or you... Drink
2: caffeine. Or you, you were like... Minus
1: Coke. <laughs> she drank Coke.
2: <laughs> I did it okay. though. You did it. Okay,
1: let's digress Things a little bit. like that. Bit. Just, let's, let's digress a yeah. little bit. Okay, so... But go ahead.
2: This was part of the dynamic of our relationship. Yes. And Steve feeling that, like, this is what's important. And me feeling like, no, what's important is embracing who you are and loving yourself. Like, to me, that was... And loving other people. And I think that was the gift we had for each other is we were able to help each other navigate that of Steve, you just need to love yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is Steve, you need to love yourself two years into your marriage, right? Yeah. That's basically how we've got, how far we've gotten into your story so far. Mm -hmm. Six months, you found gay porn, two years. He finally said he's gay. And then what happened? At what point
0: did we actually have the conversation of... Are we staying in this marriage, or are we not? like what does this mean? Because I know at some point I said the words, "I've never been with a man. I don't ever intend to be with a man. Mm-hmm. It's not what I'm going to do with life I'm with you.
2: It was two years in. It was when you finally could say the words to me, "I'm gay, and we oh, I'm
0: gay, but but <laughs> it doesn't change
2: this is what we want like this is what we thought we want. We're happy together, we're doing well, and kind of continuing forward uh, from there. And it's interesting because at that point I was reading a lot of information about mixed orientation marriages and what does this mean for me? What does this look like? Is this something that actually works? And in almost every single one of those, um, there were affairs which were outside of the boundaries we had set for our relationship. There were just all of these things that people went through. And I remember at that point committing to the fact that that would probably be our relationship. That at some point, this would probably be something we would navigate and just accepting that and moving forward, which to me, when I say that out loud, it sounds absolutely insane. <laughs> but we were happy. Like we had so much fun together. Mm-hmm. We did things, we seized life, we didn't just we did. sit around waiting. And like during this time, also, we really wanted a child and uh, we're navigating even some infertility issues and like just continuing forward knowing. You are gay. And not having a framework for that. We'd never heard of people who are in, I'd never heard the term mixed orientation marriage even after, until we were divorced.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: that's what we were in. And it just wasn't something you heard about. But we continued forward.
1: So you got pregnant.
2: I got pregnant eventually, five years into our marriage.
1: Okay, so five years into your marriage, mm-hmm. you know this man's gay. Yeah. And you're like, okay, we should probably have a kid.
2: Yeah. Well, we had been that trying. We, we started trying. from yeah. the beginning. <laughs> and
0: yeah.
2: we had a, Adoption we papers like in. Well, we had adoption papers in at that point.
0: That's a good point. Did we start trying before you found porn?
2: No, it was after.
1: It was okay. Uh-huh. So you guys didn't have sex until six months after you guys.
2: Did. <laughs> no, we'd been having plenty of sex okay. before then. So just make sure she went off birth days. control, Matt. <laughs> I was never on birth control, but I was like oh, well, actively, yeah, actively trying, yeah, yeah. So we we had a kid five years in. And to like make the story short, at seven years in, just before our seven-year wedding anniversary, you did end up having an affair. I did. And that is kind of when everything shifted in our relationship and how we decided we wanted to continue forward.
0: There's a lot of details in the first little bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> two okay. phrases
0: to sum up the rest.
2: It's all right. This is yeah. the thing also about our podcast is it goes through this timeline. It's not like most podcasts where you just kind of jump in. We follow a timeline of sharing everything we've been through,
0: and that's probably the first, what hundred episodes at least mm-hmm. is like still just hey where'd we leave off in our story? Let's pick it up again. Yeah. After sure. that, it kind of jumps around and we talk about different topics. But
2: so we get seven years in, almost seven years in, and you end up having an affair, mm-hmm. and we we tried to work through that. We very much were still. You were very conflicted about what you wanted at that point. Is that a correct statement?
0: Yeah. So. I met a guy, he asked me out. I said no, like stumbled through a no, I'm 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 married. I I have a wife. I no, and I just kind of like turned and ran <laughs> literally. And um but I just I couldn't stop thinking about this guy and couldn't keep myself from eventually meeting up with him, um uh, going on a date and sleeping together and what actually was like a 5-day period that we spent together just had this amazing both both amazing and awful <laughs> for me experience and uh, when you got back to town Jessica and I, I told you after well I didn't just straight up tell you but you know a week later mm-hmm. when you could tell things weren't right and I admitted to you yeah I I've, I've had an affair and <laughs> the whole affair story is our very first episode yeah yeah how did we start with that
2: <laughs> we wanted some drama <laughs> well we got it <laughs> it
0: was intense um but called a hook. A <laughs> hook. <laughs> yeah, we we had to try more than once because I didn't make it through our first recording. Mm. Too
1: too triggering. Yeah, And when Steve gets triggered at that time, almost four years ago, it would freeze. He would, he would blank out, and you couldn't you couldn't talk to him. No, you could talk to him. He wouldn't talk to you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> huh. come a long ways, even yeah. in the last four years.
1: Yeah. So this whole dynamic, before we get back to that, this has been very, very therapeutic for all three of us. This is our therapy session.
0: I was really hesitant to do this podcast to share my story because I held so much shame around specifically this topic of oh, you're affair the and affair and porn and all these things. And I was so ashamed of them. And, but <laughs> telling this story in podcast form has been so therapeutic for me. Just putting it all out there sharing it all, and it doesn't hold the power over me that it used to. I don't feel shame about it anymore, especially when we're in a position that we can help other people to yeah. who are going through something similar to find hope and, and be able to face what they're going through.
2: And at that so, time, yeah. so going back, yeah. I remember one of the things Steve telling me at that moment, that after he tells me, yes, I've been with this man. This is you know, the extent of it. I didn't want details. You didn't give me details. Just enough. I needed to know. But at that point, it was like, okay, so what do we do from here? What, what, how do we navigate this? And we both were conflicted of do we try and make this work? Do we stay? And I remember one of the things you said to me is this felt like the most natural right thing ever. And
0: I was now more conflicted than I ever had been. What, in what was natural? Being with this guy. It was not what I expected it to be. I knew I was caving to temptation by meeting him and and sleeping with him and I thought in the morning I'm going to wake up I'm going to regret this I'm going to feel awful about it I'm going to want to repent of this I'm going to want to make amends with Jessica get this so far behind me and and now and so that I could actually say you know what I finally tried it it's not for me that's not what I want got it out of my system kind of a thing but that was not the case I remember waking up the next morning my head laying on this guy's chest, and I opened my eyes and just felt so peaceful, so comfortable in my own skin. And I just, my first thought was fuck, <laughs> what do I do now? This is not how this was supposed to feel. Yeah, I don't think he used that word at that time <laughs> in his life. I don't know what the actual word was. But started. It was, it was right. whatever my Mormon it was, equivalent it was of, frick. of, of frick.
2: frick. Fudge. Fetch. Ah, fudge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fetch.
1: Fetch. <laughs> now what? Yeah,
0: but I was, you know, now it, it, it's like everything I believed was now in jeopardy because this one thing that was supposed to feel wrong and dirty and bad. Felt so right and so natural. So that was your first thought. What was your
1: second thought? I don't know what the heck I thought after that. <laughs> Frick. I, Frick.
2: Don't <laughs> I don't know if you thought much until I actually came home. And like then reality had to snap back in. It's my guess, but I don't know. Like, I just know for the first was... time in
0: my life, because like I said, we spent five days together. This wasn't like a one slip up and done. It was I was drawn to this man. And it brought something out of me that felt so incredibly good for the first time in my 29 years. There was some side of me that was finally getting to come to the service and be and exist. And it felt amazing. So yeah, I I didn't know what to do with that. And you coming home, now there's two sides of me that can't both be. And this side of, you know, I'd always chosen the one side of me that was with you and was with the church. And now this other side of me that I finally let exist for once I didn't
1: want to just shove it back down and turn it off and suggest so what didn't having Steve say that in that way that feels like it should hurt
2: things hurt hearing him say that didn't hurt so much just because I'd watched Steve for the seven years of our marriage fight to stay in our marriage, like I knew he loved me, I knew he was committed to me. I also knew that this was a real possibility for our marriage and there was part of me, of course, that is hurt and sad and, and knowing my life is never going to look how I had planned or thought it was going to look. I also was like relieved for Steve in ways of now he could actually embrace who he was. And so it's like this weird, weird experience to go through. And that's why I, I coach women who are going through this because there's these dynamics of knowing That this person loves me, but also they're doing things that hurt me. And like just because of who they are, it's directly hurting who, like my life. It's impacting my life in ways that are negative because I can't fulfill the things that you need. I can't show up for you in the ways that I had committed to or wanted to. And also, you can't do that for me.
0: It really was amazing to me how you were able to see not just your side of it this was devastating information for you mm-hmm. but you were incredible about seeing also what it meant for me
2: and i think that's a gift that i was given in this and that i think honestly is one of the reasons you and i were together is so that you had a safe place to land and I to love yourself
0: i can't imagine how different the story would be if i had been with anyone else in a stereotypical Mormon heterosexual marriage, it would not have gone this way. I would have been shamed and shunned and disciplined by church leadership and you would never have spoken to me again and you'd tell everyone in our lives what a horrible person I am and take our daughter away from me. And These were Steve's second thoughts. I was going to say, Probably. these are, some, these are <laughs> yeah. some of the
2: fears I know you carried, but that we are able to vocalize and, and work And those through. are
0: the stories that we know. Those Those are the, those stories are the divorce stories that we hear about where that mm-hmm. happens and... So that's that was I was terrified of that. And anyway, I just I am so glad (laughs) that all of this happened with you, Jessica, because you were exactly what I needed in order to to be able to love myself. And that had kind of you said it, that had kind of been your message all along. Yeah. That's just kind of always been your message that you put out into the world is love yourself, accept yourself, be kinder to yourself. And It wasn't my message. I was freaking hard on myself. My message, if I, I didn't think it back then, but Looking back, it was like, change who you are. Be what you're supposed to be. Stop being things that, you know, It was not at all the same message you had. It was be the things that other people need you to be. And mm-hmm. yours is always, you no. Know, look inward. Be who you want to be. Be
1: loved. Love yourself. Are these two selfish thoughts? Like, when we say, like, oh, you're so selfish, right? We look at that as a negative. Like, Steve, I feel like a lot of people look at you. You cheated. You, you selfish. I'm selfish. Selfish what, man? Bastage.
2: Bastage. That was your fear, is that people were going to think of you that way. Yeah. And especially the people closest to us. My family, your family, and all of those my, things.
0: My whole success as a human being hinged on my ability to stay in my marriage with you and stay in the church. In my mind. Dang. And that if I couldn't do those things, I had no value. I was worthless. and. I struggled for a long time even after this to to get through those thoughts. I, I don't want to be alive for a, a while. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I hadn't been strong enough to stay married to you. I hadn't been strong enough to stay in the church. And I really had to fight off thoughts of, then you shouldn't live. If you can't be those things, if you can't be Jessica's husband, if you can't be a righteous Mormon, then you just shouldn't be. Yeah.
2: And this is one of the things I think about is, so right there you said, If I'm not strong enough to do this, like if I'm not strong enough to be Jessica's husband, if I'm not strong enough to stay in the church, then I shouldn't exist. And it's interesting to me because I think of that as you were so strong. And the people who are brave enough to be themselves, to embrace who they truly are, those are the strongest people, even when it means you might hurt some people in the process. Not intentionally. And and, and you'll
0: let some people down.
2: Yeah. You're going to let some people down and they're going to make that about them instead of about you. But to me, and that's something that I, I remind people of on a daily basis too, is that is your strength is when you tap into who you are and are willing to show up that way. That is when the strength, that is your strongest self. And it's usually when you feel the weakest and you feel like, Oh, I just gave up or I'm not good enough, but really. If we can, in that moment, realize, no, I am strong. Like this is my strength. I can. I and can Matt, you brought this forward. up
0: about which one is being selfish, and right. I mean, when you when you face a scenario where you can either be true to yourself or you can be true to everyone else and what they expect of you, that's. I mean, sometimes that's not going to jive. Sometimes those are not going to line up. And choosing the selfish route is the right one in a lot of cases. Choosing the selfish route, where choosing yourself to be true to yourself, even if it lets other people down. It's what you got to do,
2: and I think right there, it's not even being selfish. Like I think yeah. we we make selfish such a negative negative word, and it's not being selfish. It's being it's just embracing who you are. And I actually being true I was at church this morning, and I'm the teacher of the women at my church. Yeah, we should point out is-
0: <laughs> that Matt and Jessica are still Mormon. Yeah,
2: this is what I taught about this exact topic: is that we cannot give love to other people unless we are fully giving love to ourselves. We cannot embrace other people and their differences unless we acknowledge that we are different and that we get to love ourselves as we are. And I think that that is the powerful thing that makes this dynamic work and what people are attracted to. And why we even started this is we would share our story and people are just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy and I love it. And it's because... We love ourselves enough to love each other and to embrace that we are we're different. And I think there's a lot of that out there. I just don't think we hear about it enough. Proud of you, Steve. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> For making it through and being brave enough to to do that. And Steve always makes it sound like I'm the one that made this relationship work or that made this through. And then that, that is a false belief. I did. <laughs> Matt's really the key. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But it does take all of us. It's taken, it's not, it's not me. It's Steve being willing to also acknowledge my pain in that moment of acknowledging that you finding yourself also brought me pain and giving me grace when I felt that or times when I wanted to be mad at you or angry and just also not taking that personally of I wasn't really angry at you. I was angry maybe that I was losing my relationship with you my husband
0: i hated i hated that me finding my life meant you losing yours for a while yeah your whole course was drastically
1: altered steve i'm okay with it because uh she's not my wife (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad you worked out in your benefit (laughs) yeah thank you steve
2: okay i think that's probably a good stopping point yeah and i think so the next time we record, I have in mind, and I wrote it down actually during church today of these things that I carried during this time, these things that I have said from I want to say this is my evolution as a liberal Mormon, <laughs> or how I view the queer community as I've come from where finding out that day that seeing the gay porn and how do I deal with this and process this to now, and the things that I've said that I know have been hurtful along the way and that I now understand uh better, and how to be more accepting and understanding. And so I was writing all these things down in church today, and I think that's—I really wanted to bring those up today, but we'll talk about those next
1: week.
0: Okay. We don't ever structure these podcasts, by the no. way. We had a planning meeting for this, <laughs> and we sat down and said, "What do you guys want to talk about when we record at Treefort?" And we're like, "I don't know. I guess we'll just tell our story." Okay. Cool. Sounds good. We'll see you all there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's the raw version, it's yeah, real, it
0: always the raw version,
1: yeah, and I think one one of the things that we all have to remember is that we all have relationships in our life, and we will always no matter what the relationship is, there will be some sort of hurt that will happen, and it's up to us how we figure out how we navigate that, either to protect ourselves or to move forward with that relationship how we feel like it needs to be.
2: So one of the quotes that I put up on Instagram on a regular basis from our podcast is that you're allowed to mourn the relationship you thought you were going to have. And that looks, I have mourned the relationship I thought I was going to have with Steve. And now I've embraced a new relationship with Steve. I've mourned the relationship I thought I was going to have with Matt. Like our relationship looks different, especially in the beginning. It looks different than I thought it was going to look. And so I've had to mourn what I thought I was going to have and develop a beautiful relationship with you, just as I've developed a beautiful relationship with you. And I think that's true in all of our relationships. We go into them with an idea of how we think it's going to look. I think that's exactly what you're just saying is, you know, we have this idea. And if we want to stay in that relationship, we have to change how we're going to view it. We have to allow ourselves that space to mourn and then be able to come back in a way that works for us. If it's a relationship we want to keep.
1: Yep. Awesome.
2: All right. Thanks for being here with us. It's fun having some people in the audience and seeing faces. We're excited to have been here with you guys today.
1: Hey,
0: Matt, let's hear the outro. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember the outro. Yeah, I don't we know.
1: have
2: a set outro.
1: Yeah, we, we switched oh, no, that okay. up quite a bit because <laughs> it changes. Dusty. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks, everybody. My friend, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I want to let you know that I have one or two spots left for the retreat that I have coming up in April. That is this month, correct, this month. I will not be having another retreat until September. And honestly, the retreats build on each other. So if you can make it to this first retreat, It would be a game changer for you if you are feeling stuck in your life in any way, but especially if you are struggling with finding some gentle healing for yourself after having a partner come out or after going through some sort of crisis slash betrayal in your marriage or in your relationship. I would love to have you join us. The group of women that is coming, they are amazing. Like it is such a powerful group. And the work that we are going to do at this retreat is going to help you feel confident moving forward. We are going to tackle those fears that you are carrying so that you can invite the things into your life that you really want. Now, the cool thing about my retreats is that should you want it, there will be follow-up after the retreat. Often we go to these retreats and we have these life-changing experiences and then we are just left on our own. And so if you want more post-retreat, I have that for you. I have that continual work that we can do so that you get to actually create the change and keep the change that you experience at the retreat. Now, if you are interested, please go to the link in our show notes, or you can go to doubledlogic.com forward slash retreat and get all of the details there. We are just like Four weeks out from the retreat. And so be sure to get your spot as soon as possible. Again, I am recording this like a week before this episode drops, and I have one or two spots left. I have to look to be sure about that. So hopefully, there is one spot left calling your name. So if you are like, oh my gosh, I've been on the fence, now is my time. I really wanna do this. Now is the time to act. Let's get you here. It is going to be amazing. It's such a beautiful group of women in a beautiful location and we are going to do some amazing healing while we are gentle with ourselves we often need to separate ourselves from our day-to-day life to be able to embrace gentle healing and this is really what the retreat provides is space for you to focus just on yourself letting go of even thoughts of what meals am i going to cook what am i going to do like all of those things are taken off your plate so that you can show up fully for yourself And really get in tune with what it is you need. If you are ready for this, which my guess is, if you are still listening at this point, is that you are, please, please, please go get signed up for that retreat and let's do this work together. Also, I cannot wait to give you a huge hug in real life and be able to see your face for three days straight and be able to engage with you and work with you. It is going to be amazing. I hope that you are doing well. Have a fabulous week. Know that you are loved, that you are strong, and that you are an amazing human being. Take care. Go be bold.